He's risen. Okay, that was okay. You guys know that it's kind of this traditional thing uh, that if you've been in the church for a while, and I know a lot of you haven't been in church, so this is something new, but for years and years and years, the church would go, he is risen, and everybody would respond, he is risen indeed. All right, let's try that. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, man. You guys, this is the greatest day, the greatest day in all of human history. This day right here changed everything. Our whole world today is completely different because of this one day. It changed the course of history. But what's so cool is it still changes everything. The fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and lives today changes everything. And so, man, as we look at this today, I just, can you imagine what it must have been like to go through this drama, to have Peter and Mary... To, to walk with this guy and to give your life to this man and to follow him, to give everything that you've got, and then to watch him die. The, the complete desperation of losing that. And I just, I just want to take us right to that passage. It's in Mark chapter 16. And it starts with verse 1. And it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. And he said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. And here's my favorite verse, or favorite line. He's not here. He's not here. It's unbelievable. They're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified, but he's not here. See the place where they laid him. Go, but go and tell his disciples and tell Peter. He's going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. You guys, they were, they were looking, going to the tomb, and they were looking for this, for this dead Jesus. And, and, and what we, kind of what I want you to think about today as we go through our service today is, is what kind of Jesus are you looking for? Are you looking for the one who's not there? He's not there. Could it be that there really is a Jesus today in 2011 who's not dead, who's not historical, but who's alive and present right now? Now, you know, obviously, and I love that because they're alarmed. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? And they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And and the question is, would you have? I mean, would you have gotten that? Oh, yeah, because I live now and I know the story. But they didn't get it, and not only did they not get it, later on, it tells us that when they finally told everybody, nobody else got it either. In verse 9, it says, When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. And she went and told those who had been with him, who were mourning and weeping. And it says, When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they didn't believe her. 
Would you have? I mean, you just, you just watch this guy go through the most gruesome crucifixion where his body was at the edge of death before they even nailed him to the cross. You watched him die. You watched him, the, the soldiers put the spear in his side and blood and water flow from the thing. You, you just, how many of you have ever seen a dead person? How many of you have seen a dead person? I mean, when you see a dead person, they're dead. And there's nothing there. So, can you imagine? I mean, see, we, we read this story and we're like, man, why didn't they get it? Because he was dead. <laughs> and so they didn't believe him. And then afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. And then these returned, and they reported it to the rest, but they didn't believe them either. <laughs> I mean, this is wacky. This is amazing. Would there be any other type of response? And I would dare to say no. You wouldn't have believed. I wouldn't have believed. Let's just get in that story just for a little bit. And, but, here's the, but here's the point. It's not that Mary and the others wanted a dead Jesus. They didn't want a dead Jesus. That's not what their hearts wanted. They just didn't know that they could expect anything different. Catch this. See, because I, you know that their hearts were weeping because they believed that Jesus Christ was going to be the Messiah and he was going to deliver them from the Roman Empire and, and bring life to Israel. And so it's not that they wanted a dead Jesus. It's not that that's where their hearts were. But they just know when somebody dies, that's it. That's all the world offers. (laughs) Did something happen? Okay, all right. You guys are more into it than I am. That's awesome. (laughs) But that's it, man. That's all the world offers. It it, it doesn't make any sense. And so I I just want to ask you this morning, um, what kind of Jesus do you look for? And and if it's true to a normal service here at K2, if it's true, that means 25% of you, a quarter of our population in here, are at the point right now where you just, you don't know if you get this yet. And our statistics just show that 25% of the people who come to K2 don't really believe in Jesus yet. And I just want to say, if that's you today, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being willing to, to, to come with whoever you came with or maybe um, with a friend or your family just to honor them, but also just to come to say, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come. This is the greatest day in Christian history. Um, but maybe for you, literally Jesus Christ is a historical figure. Some of you might not even believe that he was that. But if you believe he's a a historical figure, then maybe he was a really good teacher. A lot of people think he was. And they'll go, man, I'm I'm very interested in that teacher, Jesus. And and then sometimes we look at Jesus and we go, man, man, he was a good example. I'll talk to people who don't believe, who haven't put their faith in Christ, but they'll look at his, his example and his teaching and go, man, yeah, if the world would live like him, that'd be a better place. But teacher Jesus and example Jesus for many people is still dead Jesus and he's still a guy that you know like he was just a great guy and maybe at this point you just go I just don't know if I can expect any more than that just like Mary just like the disciples know when someone dies they die it's done 
But, but can I just, I just want to encourage you, maybe today, could, could all of us, because I'll just, let me, well, let me just address all of this, the other 75% of you who believe that Jesus Christ actually is the Savior of the world, do you really believe? And therefore, what I'm really asking is, do you live like he's alive? Do you live like he's alive? And sometimes Christians, their Jesus is as dead as anybody else's Jesus. And he's just someone we read about, and he's not someone that we actually know. So here's what I want to ask today, and I just want to pray. Would all of us today be open to the possibility that what took place here really took place? Because could you imagine, because I think this is true, just like Mary, she thought all she could get was a dead Jesus, but she wanted more than that. And I think all of us want more than that. We want more out of life. We want to believe that maybe there is something supernatural, that maybe there is something more powerful than just me and my ability and humanity's ability. Could there be something that is so much greater than I've ever asked or ever imagined? And that's what Easter is. Easter is the answer that says, yeah, yeah, there is something unbelievable. And it's true today. So I just want to pray. I just want to pray before I jump into his word today and just kind of reveal what that means for us. And I just want to offer you this chance right now just to open up your heart and say, okay, God, if you're here today in Jesus Christ, if you're living today, that is unbelievable right now to me. Could you make it believable? And let's pray to him. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving the world so much that you sent Jesus Christ. Jesus, we worship you today because you are the Savior of the world. Jesus, I I believe right now, and, and many of us do in this room, we believe right now that you are present, that you're living, that you are God, and there's life in you. And so, Lord, I just, I just want to come and ask that you might do what we can't do. Would you open the eyes of our heart so we can come and see and understand all that you have for us? And I just pray that you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I just want to read one passage for you because, so these guys didn't believe, and you can understand why they wouldn't believe. Why? why that's just nuts. But in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8, Paul um, just wants everybody, he's trying to write to this church, just like if he was writing to you guys. And he says, and this is what he says. He goes, I just want to pass on to you what I received to you as first importance. And here it is, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. And now listen to this. And he appeared to Peter. He appeared to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So you guys, one of the things that happened was initially they couldn't believe because dead people die. But then when the dead person rises up and comes into their presence to hundreds of people, now all of a sudden we've got to go, man, 
Their lives changed once they knew that he was really alive. See, now there was hope. There's always hope. There's always something to look for because he's alive. But the question for me, you guys, is what does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus Christ is alive? And here's what it means. He's alive today to live in you. He's alive to live in you. This is the whole deal. This is what life is all about. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 through 27, Paul writes this. He was, I become the church's servant by the commission that God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. So in other words, he's just saying, listen, I'm going to share with you the whole deal. I, I, my, that's my commission. And here it is. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. In other words, not just to the Jewish people that God walked with forever, but now to every person on this planet, he's going to make known this mystery, the glorious riches of this mystery. And what's the mystery? Christ in you. The hope of glory. The hope of glory. Guys, what's the hope of glory? Well, part of that is to know that this world and all of its suffering and all of its pain someday is going to end and there's hope for a greater life without all of that forever. But even more so than that, and that's amazing, what he's saying is the hope of glory is Christ in you right now. Right now. The risen Christ came so that he could dwell inside of us. He wants to live inside of you. And I'm, I just want to tell you guys, this is where it's so different than human tradition and religious stuff. And, and, and I've just been hanging around lots of people who really struggle with the church. And, and lots of times I just want to say, me too. Anybody else? Okay, okay. You know what? And Jesus, when he showed up on the scene, who did he struggle with? The church, he struggled with the religious people who couldn't quite understand that it's supposed to be this intimate, powerful relationship with God. And, and so many people have gone and they felt, felt this oppression of this need to do things to somehow please God and this human effort. And, 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 and Jesus comes and just says, no, there's no hope in that. The hope is I'm going to live in you. And that's why Paul said, he goes, oh man, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to know Christ and the power of of his resurrection. And, 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 the, and, and for all of you who are Christians here, don't, don't you? Don't you? I, I so want to know what Jesus Christ came for. And that is his life inside of me. And this is what Easter gives us hope for. And so in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 20, Paul says this prayer. And I just, I, I, it's been my prayer for today. It's my prayer for my life. It's my prayer for K2 all the time. And it's in Ephesians chapter 1, and it starts with verse 17. He says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. What's the hope? Christ in you. Christ in you. 
I want you to know the glorious inheritance of the saints. And here it is. And I want you to know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Incomparably great power for us who believe. And then look at this verse. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. You guys, what Easter introduced and brought in Jesus all the time when he was here, he said, the kingdom of God is near, you guys. It's close. It's close. And the kingdom of God is inside you. And that's what Easter is for. There is incomparably great power for us who believe. And it's the same power that he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And I, I just want to challenge all of us here today to say, do we actually believe that? Do we believe it? And here's the reality, because most of the time we believe what we experience. But Romans 8, 11 says, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And if nothing else on this Easter, for all of us who are followers of Christ, maybe we can just get a, you know, just kind of, whoa, whoa, man, I forgot. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and that same spirit who did that is living inside of me. There is supernatural power for us who believe. Who believe. See, and what does that word mean? You guys, to believe means it, it means you have faith. See, the, the pistis, the Greek word, literally means to have faith in. And if you have faith in something, it means you actually trust it. And, and, and unfortunately, we've grown up in this wacky way of education where as long as, you, uh, as long as you have head knowledge on something, it means you believe it. No, it doesn't. It just means that you get it up here. But to believe happens in here. It means that you trust. It means that you take steps of faith. It means, and I think that's why when God said, what's the greatest thing, the greatest commandment in all the world is to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. All, in other words, all of who you are. Now, so what does this power do? Because I'm going to tell you, why in the world would we sit here? Because many of you, maybe you have a great life. Maybe things are going well for you. Maybe your life is falling apart. What, is there any better news than to know that there's an incredibly great power, supernaturally, spiritually, that can actually come inside your being and live within you? To give you life. Jesus said, I came that you would have life and life to the full. And yet we sit here and our life is like 43%. You know, I'm I'm working at 44. He's just, I want it. Okay, what does the power do? There's another prayer and I'm just going to show you really quickly three things the power does. If If you're not a follower of Christ, see if you might be interested in having this power. If you are a follower of Christ, start believing. Start trusting. Start start taking steps so that you can actually engage with him and experience this. Here it is. It's in Ephesians chapter 3. And the first one is this. You guys, the power 
of Jesus Christ saves your soul. It saves your soul. In, verse, in chapter 3, verse 17, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 16, he goes, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. See, guys, the power of Jesus Christ is coming to, and it's come to strengthen you with power in your inner being. Now, what's your inner being? Well, Jesus is, uh, am I still on? Uh, it says that Jesus is actually going to dwell inside your heart. That's your inner being. See, the inner being is everything that drives what you do with your life. It's where your will resides. It's where your heart is. It's the wellspring of life. It's where you make decisions. And you guys, some of you know right now, your inner being is really weak. And, and, and it's frustrating. You're filled with fear. You're filled with pain. You're filled with sorrow. You, you know right now, you look in the mirror every morning and you go, I am not the man that I want to be. I'm not the woman that I know I could be. And your will, that inner being is weak. Sometimes it's just flat out broken. <laughs> and I've, just, I've, I've met so many people just recently who's literally inside their inner being, it's been broken. It's been abused. It's been beat down. And their heart is so broken that they can't live. And maybe that's you. You know you're not living in the inner being who you know to be. And sometimes, you guys, some of you, your inner being's actually just in overdrive. <laughs> some of you, you're, you've got to drive, but man, that's because you've got to perform and you've got to show that you've got value and that you've got worth. And it scares you to death at the thought of never being able to be everything that you're trying to be. And sometimes that inner being, that drive, is just going in a completely different direction. It's like somebody else took the wheel and has taken you off course. And you're going, how in the world did I end up here? And so what the gospel says, what Jesus Christ says, is I now, I have risen from the dead and I'm alive. And there is power to strengthen you in your inner being so that Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. You know what that word dwell means? It's kind of weird because we don't use it very much. What it means is to take up permanent residence. To take up permanent residence. You guys, this is where, where people just go, man, Christianity's not spiritual enough. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. no. I, I would say church is not spiritual enough. The reality of a risen Jesus, check this out, in side of you is your hope for glory to be everything that you were created to be can you imagine this jesus that everybody thinks is so awesome this jesus that was so beautiful so strong unbelievably loving who could forgive anybody who had confidence and peace who knew his purpose and changed the whole world okay now now get this what Easter says is that Jesus is alive to dwell, to take up permanent residence in your heart. Yes, amen. Thank you, whoever said that. Sometimes I wish I preached in a black church. It'd be awesome. I might actually get fired up. Give me a few amens, you know, I'll be here rolling. All right. Yeah, woo, all right, here we go. 
No, I'm telling you. See, this is the stuff, though, that I sit with every day, and we come here every week, and I always tell you, I don't want to tell you about Jesus. I want to introduce you to him because it's real that he rose from the dead and appeared to hundreds of people so that you could know that he's alive right now to bring his beauty and his strength and his peace and his joy and his impact right here and strengthen you. And some of you need your heart to be strengthened. And there's power to do that. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead. The second thing you guys, he wants to save your soul. The second thing he wants to do is he wants to save your relationships. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, he goes on, he goes, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the measure of all the fullness of God. You guys, there's not a human being that doesn't need to know that they're loved. And some of you right now, you don't know it. And when a human being isn't loved or, or questions the fact that you're loved, you're not rooted and you're not established. And your life gets thrown here and there by every wind of teaching that people come and, and people don't love you and you're not rooted to take on the things of this world. And I love this. And he says, so you know what you need? You need a power. You need the power of Jesus Christ inside you to reveal to you a love that surpasses even knowing. It's unbelievable. You know why? Because I'm telling you, it's great. Susan, I talked this, about this for a while last night. Her love for me does. It heals me. It, it helps me. She says the same thing about mine towards her. There's people in this room where your love for me has healed my heart. How many of you have been healed in your heart by another human being loving you? See, that's awesome. See, and that's why I love what the scripture says. He goes, I want you to know the love of Christ. But what does he say? Together with all the saints. I want all the saints. If we, and here's what he's saying. If you actually knew how much God loved you in your inner being, if you actually knew that all of your shame, all of your sin, all of your pain, everything that anybody's ever done to you, everything that's hindering you from really living, that Jesus looks inside your soul and says, I love you. Man, when you're loved by the love of God, see, because really I know this, that the reason I can love Susie is only when I'm really connecting to the love God has for me. And then it flows to her. And she knows when I'm not spending time with him. Because it ain't very good. It's kind of human. Kind of conditional. You got the power of a risen Christ inside you is finally someone coming in and letting you know you're loved. You're loved. And then once you know you're loved, you are free to love another human being. And the greatest thing in the world, you guys, you know how you know the love of Christ? You receive it and you give it. You receive it and you give it. You engage in what he's doing and you receive it from others. And I'm telling you, my dream, we've got so far to go, but my dream here at K2 is that more of us would start to know the power of his love 
so we would just love every person that ever walks into this place and we'd love our spouses and our kids deeply and passionately because we've received that love. So that's the second one. He wants to save our relationships and there's power to do that. Here's the last one. Verse 20. I think God wants to save the world. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Can you imagine? I love, you guys, we say this all the time, but listen. To him who is able to do more than all you can ask or imagine. How? According to his power, which is at work within you. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. See, Jesus Christ was completely, 100%, all in. The only person who's ever been able, all in, pure, holy, Father, I never do anything on my own. Whatever you tell me to do, I just do it. And he gave his life for that. And you guys, when one person does perfectly what God wanted him to do, he did what? He changed the world. He changed the world. Thank you. And, and I want to tell you, this is the one that keeps freaking me out. Because if you, like my story and anybody else's story, who's ever at some point said, here I am, God, you've got all of me. And I just want to ask you, this is all for you, all you Christians out there. Have you ever actually given Christ all of you? All of you. And I'm telling you, I look back at my life and I go, how in the world did I end up here? How? I can tell you only one way, according to his power at work within me. And he is inside you to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. And I just want to tell you, I, I, I had, I've had people come into my office lately, tears in their eyes with passion that's rising up within them that God's giving them. And when they follow that passion, when they believe and when they trust it, they're going to change the world. And you could change your world. You could change your home. You could change your workplace. You could change your street. You guys, and then if all of us did this, if all of us said, I believe that Jesus Christ is inside me, the one who loves the world is inside me, now, through his power, he can do through us more than you could ever do on your own. And that's what I just want to say to any of you right now who are, who are kicking it out in life. You have no idea what could happen if Christ, the living God who rose from the dead, came inside you and said, oh, now watch what I've got. I'm going to do more than you have ever even dreamed. Any other dreamers out there? See, I'm a dreamer. I love that verse. Because he's going to do more than ever I could imagine. And you guys, and that's what I know he wants to do in K2 as well. He never stops. He never stops. I shared this just a couple weeks ago. I mean, he's totally changed me in my inner being just a few weeks ago. Christian got up here two weeks ago and said, you know what? I knew that there was God and I believed in him, but I finally have experienced him and it set him free. See, God loves you and he's never gonna stop. He's totally committed to you being whole and complete until the risen Christ is formed inside you. And that's such good news. And so you guys, what he says, and this is the whole point, you know, and, and so we're going we're gonna to show you a celebration of baptism here. Because you know what baptism is? 
I love the word again. I love the imagery. Because you're going to see people go down into the water and be brought back up. Because that's what the word means. It means to dip. And when you took a piece of cloth and you dipped it into dye, and you brought it back out, that dye infused every fiber of that cloth, and it changed it. And so baptism is literally, because John said, Jesus, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. When you put your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit now comes and lives inside of you, and he is working his way into every fiber of your being so that you can be saved by having strengthening of your spirit, so that you can know his love and love others around you, and so that you could do more than he, you could ever ask or imagine according to his power at work within you. And you know what I love? There's kids on here. My daughter, man, she's freaking me out. How much she knows Jesus already. I tell you, kids can receive Christ, and they can know him, and it's awesome. So let's just celebrate these stories real quick. Let's just watch these and celebrate and be reminded of what he can do. Hi, my name is Alan Rigby. I am new here at K2. I've been coming here since November of last year. I I was in a dangerous area, uh, actually worshiping Satan at one time, just downright Satan worship. Things weren't working out very well. I was in a dark place. It was a frightening time for me. Um, I was on my way downtown, and I would see the, the K2 church here. And I was wondering, what is that about? What does K2 mean? And I thought, well, maybe that would be a good place to start. And I came here, um, my first service here, listening to the pastor speaking. It just hit home completely. I was just flooded with maybe a new light. I felt like this was going to be my new home. And I ended up that night giving my life to Christ. I didn't really have to think too much about it because I felt like this is this is it. You know, this is this is what it is. This is Jesus is true. What he said is true. I believe that he was he was killed for my sins and that he rose again. And I want I want more. I wanted to get all I can get. My name's Keaton Pike. I've been going to K2 for three and a half years. My neighbor came over and he was always bugging my dad about coming to K2. And then we tried it one time for the Christmas service. And we've just been coming ever since. My dad got baptized last year and I thought that was a really great example for me. So I said, I want to tell people that I know that I am a follower of Christ and I want to do it. So he said, okay, we can get you signed up and you can go ahead and get baptized. I had my dad, Mike Pike, uh, help baptize me and I wanted him to do it because he's helped me follow Christ, get to know him better. I walked out of that pool a happy new person. I'm Lily, I'm eight years old. The reason that I wanted to get baptized is because I wanted to show other people that I believe in God. Hi, I'm Nanda, and I'm 10 years old. I want to be baptized because um, 
God to hear my sins. 24 oceans. Hi, my name is Nick, and I've been going to K2 for several years now, and I serve on the arts team, and I do um, sound on Sunday mornings. My favorite part of, of being at K2 is just um, the community and the experience I get. Um, I have opportunities here which I don't get in a lot of other places. Well, a lot of people that I've met um, get the impression that I'm not a normal person, and that's correct. I'm not a normal person. I am autistic. I have this condition called Asperger's syndrome, and I've had that all my life. And because of this condition, I'm used to being treated by other people like I'm invisible. A lot of people say that um, they're all accepting and tolerant of other people until they actually have to be with someone who's different from them and then all that acceptance and tolerance goes out the door. I've received more death threats in my life than I've been kissed, but I'm not telling you that because I want your pity. I don't want your pity. I used to be really depressed about how I was hated so harshly by so many people in the past, but then I was invited to this church, and Dave and Christian and Ladd and everyone else who has been on the stage, they really told it like it is. Um, they made me feel better because they said that everybody is broken and messed up and we all have our stuff and nobody's perfect. And it's through them and through reading the Bible that I discovered that there is a God out there and that God loves us even though we make mistakes and we're not perfect. He loves us for who we are and he didn't make mistakes when he made any of us. And now, I just want to share God's love with everybody else. That I've been happy. I used to be depressed all the time because of my condition in life. And since then, I've that I'm not alone in this world and that I am loved by a higher power. And for that, I really am happy. I want to thank all the people at K2, the church, for accepting me as a disciple of Jesus because it's so rare that I get that kind of acceptance, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Matthew. I'm eight years old, and I love to do sports, soccer, football, and pretty much any sport. I want to get baptized because... Jesus died for us on the cross and he rose again. And I really think that that was amazing. I wanted to be a follower of Jesus and a son of God. Hi, I'm Natalie Rutledge. I'm 10 years old. And I'm in fifth grade at Longview Elementary. God was just something out there in the open that I could choose to accept into my heart or I could choose not to. And whenever I got offered to ask God into my heart, I did it just because everyone else was doing it. But as I got older, my relationship with God got closer and closer. And I realized that the only thing tying me down was me and that I needed to accept God into my heart. Thank you, K2, for being an encouragement to me. And thank you, pastors, for really pursuing God.
Hey, I'm Brittany Lee. I've been coming to K2 for about two years now, and I serve on the arts team with the band. I was invited, um, the guy I was dating at the time, he was invited to come see the band play at K2. The music brought me in that day, but something else kept me here. I kept coming back every week, just waiting for the day that they would tell me something to make me want to walk back out the door. So after coming to K2 for about a year, I was sitting in the congregation and something changed. I felt something different. Um, because for so long I felt that whoever, whoever Jesus was or whoever, whoever I was praying to or believing in, I just felt like I was alone. And sitting in the congregation that day I received the answer that I've been pretty much asking for. Why did God turn his back on me? Like, why did he leave? I heard that day I never left. Um, I've been here the whole time, and, and now I'm glad you're back. When I found it's not grace, it's and then I found it for myself, I realized that I had been missing the mark, but missing the mark on them, on the miracle that he would that he would die for me. the 
you know, what's crazy is um, Mary comes back and goes, I've seen him. I don't believe you. The disciples, two of them come back and they go, we've seen him. And people went, I I don't believe you. And for 2,000 years, Jesus has been showing up, proving to me and many of us in this room, he's still alive. And he shows up and literally changes your life. And now all of a sudden, he's not a historical Jesus. He's a living Jesus. And if you believe in him right now, I hope today that you're encouraged again to remember that he's alive for you right now to strengthen you with power in your inner being. He is alive right now to give you the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is his love so that you could know that love that surpasses knowledge and reach the whole measure of the fullness of God. He is alive right now to do more than you could ever ask or imagine according to his power, which is at work within you. You guys, he's never stopped showing that he's alive. And he changed the world a couple thousand years ago, and he's changing it today. And he can change yours. He can change your world. How does it happen? That incomparably great power is for us who? Believe. It's not for the really good religious people. Probably, in fact, not for them. It's actually for the people who believe, who trust, who say, you know what, Jesus? I believe that you are the Son of God and that you rose again, appeared to hundreds, and have changed the world. And I believe you want to change mine today. And then he says, you know what? If you believe me, you receive me. And when you receive me, I go to work. And I will change you into the man and the woman I've created you to be. And that's available for every single one of us. And I just, I just want to pray for you before we worship. Band, come on out. Before we have a chance just to celebrate the fact that he's alive today for us, for our, our own hearts and for our relationships and for this world. Um, if you're sitting here today, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, if you're not a follower of Christ today, but you want to be, if you want to trust him, the living Christ, not the dead one, but the living one, and say, you know what, God, come into me. And you're willing to trust him today. In a second, I'm just going to ask you to stand up. And if you're a follower of Christ, but you know that in all honesty, did you guys know that we could actually be Christians and not believers? Anybody know that? Okay, you and me. Um, Because sometimes the truth is, I just don't believe what's really true. Like I believe he's there, like Christian said, but I'm not believing it. I'm not trusting him. And some of you today, as followers of Christ, have just said, you know what? I want the incomparably great power. I'm choosing today in a new way to trust him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to surrender it all. I'm, I'm going all in, 100% all in.
I have never seen anybody surrender their life 100% to Christ and not find life that was way more than they'd ever dreamed. So if you want to, for the first time today, put your faith in Christ, or if you want to renew your trust, and you know what that means for you, and you're going to surrender all the way today so that he can go all the way with you today. Would you just stand? Let's stand if that's you today. Don't do it because everybody else is doing it. I know your spouse just stood up and you're like, oh, crap, now i got to stand up. <laughs> Don't want to fight this afternoon. No. Only he knows your heart. Let's pray. God, for every person who's standing, who's saying right now, this Easter, I want the living Christ in me. I believe, God, I trust you. I trust you. Take me. Take all of me. Fill my heart right now with that incomparably great power. Strengthen my inner being. Strengthen my heart. Heal my broken heart. Move deeply within me. Get my drive in the right direction. Lord, do what only you can do deeply inside me by your power at work within me. God, come in your power, incomparably great power, and give me the power to grasp, to really know how much you love me. Come and wipe out all the false messages I've received through my life who told me I wasn't valuable, who told me I was worthless, and come in instead and love me. God, I just need to be loved. I want your love. Lord, would you come and flood people with your love? And then, Lord, would you do more with me than I could ever ask or imagine? I don't want to play the game anymore. I don't want to do the church thing anymore. I don't want to do the religious thing anymore. I want to be filled with the power of the risen Christ. And I want to change the world. Come, Jesus, you're alive. Show yourself again on this day. We pray in your precious name.